0: and welcome to the November 2017 Tim Hayden's Big Ideas for Small Business podcast. We want to make sure that everyone uh, tunes in that we release our new podcast the first Wednesday of each month and also if you will take a few minutes to subscribe on iTunes and if there's a topic a leadership topic or something that you would like for us to deep dive please just send us a review. I have the honor of uh, introducing Uh, my good friend and our special guest, Chris Oakley. So Chris was with us last month, and we talked about behavioral assessment. So this month we're going to talk about a a similar topic when it comes to hiring. So just a quick bio for Chris again. Chris had a lot of the different experiences from tour management, which I think is really cool. Sean Hannity, and we learned about that last month. Um, For several celebrities to building several businesses, and most recently he was an executive coach for Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership Business Coaching Program. Again, that's where I met Chris a couple years ago. Chris has got a passion for Christian microenterprise development in third world countries, and currently serves on the advisory board for Hope International. And Chris is now consulting for companies to help them scale their organizations and develop their next level of leadership. So, a quick review of last month's uh, topic. Last month we discussed discussed, uh, various types of uh, behavioral assessments, including the value of them as it pertains to hiring team members. Today we're going to talk about the application and using um, not only these assessments, but a lot of the culture things and what I call the manufacturing energy, but a lot of hourly uh, team members. So uh, frequently, very little attention and resources go to hiring hourly team members, yet they can make up the majority of our workforce. So I know that uh, for Sergeant Metal and people have heard about our business before, uh, our ratio is five to one. We have five hourly team members to every one salary, but we spend a lot more time hiring salary, you know, taking time with behavioral assessments and all in regards to hiring than we do on the salary side. So, Chris, man, we're tickled to death to have you with us again for the second time. Good
1: to be here, man. I'm
0: excited. Yeah, I'm excited that you are. So, um, hey, Chris, let's just deep dive right off the get go. So how can small businesses, well, my first question for you is um, before I answer this question, ask this question, I go back to what you said on the podcast last month. And it all comes back to, we want to be the best place to work. If we're the best place to work, man, all the things that we're going to talk about in unpack today, this stuff takes care of itself.
1: Yeah, I I just can't drive that home enough, right? For me, that is the filter for every decision I make. Is this helping us become a better place to work or not? When you're talking about your hourly employees, that is five uh, to one, your employee size. That's the majority of your company. I mean, that's huge. I mean, it's all of your company really, right? And so you have to spend the time to invest in those guys, to care about those people. I mean, if you are not becoming the best place to work with them, you're, you're missing the boat on the majority of your workforce
0: yeah um man, I could not agree with you more. I say that in almost every podcast, but it's true. And I said that with you last month. I can't agree with you more. Um, all right, So, hey, my first question is, how can small businesses meet the hourly hiring need? Before you answer that, a lot of time, and, and I think in our economy in general, man, jobs are very plentiful. There's a lot of people, and a lot of times we need a warm body to run a machine or to do a process but it means more than that. So, Hey, so I'll go back. So I asked you that question again, how could small businesses meet the hourly hiring need?
1: Well, you said it right. Unemployment's low right now. It is, it is hard to find talent. It is a challenge across the board. Uh, so I get this question a lot. And so y- you really need to invest in these folks. I, I want to flip the question back on you, Tim, when you've got, you know, a hundred plus people that are, hourly employees, and they have lots of opportunities, right? The the concern I get from business owners all the time, well, they're going to leave for a quarter raise, or they're, I hear that stuff all the time. And a lot of times that's the case. What that is really telling me is they're not the best place to work, right? And so how do you retain that many people when there is a competitive market for labor? When there's a competitive market for jobs, how do you retain folks that you know, would leave many other companies for a quarter raise or a dollar raise or whatever it may be. Yeah,
0: I tell you, Chris, that's a great question. That is a difficult question. You know, even for me, I know that for our skilled, our skilled hourly team, you know, we have to connect with them. We need to know who their spouse is, who their kids are. We need to know what's going on in their life and I, and, and walk through whatever they may go going through with it. You know, I think that a lot of times, you know, people don't know how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that those are just words and that I may not have said that correctly. You may can correct that, but it's something pretty close to that. But I think that again, I think we have to be intentional on being connected. You know, me being the leader, you know, and uh, me being the leader I am. And and again, I started working our business when I was very young, 14. And I go out on the floor once a week and work at least four hours. i work out there with them. It's amazing how that can help morale, how that can help, uh, I've had people that walked by me and said, wow, man, I really appreciate you, Tim, being out here. Now, let me also say, it's not about me, it's about them. And I think that for them knowing that our management team will go out there and do the same thing they do, I think that means a lot. I think that you, you're putting some dollars in the emotional bank account that, you know, people are going to be able to, you know, they want to cash in, in the future, but you've got to be intentional. I mean, you know, and, and I, people figure it out pretty quick. You can, you can, you know, and I've heard, you've heard me say this before. Culture is what we permit, we promote. You can talk about things till you're blue in the face, but it's really what you allow to happen. You know, so, I mean, that's how we do it. Hey, Chris, we still
1: lose good people periodically, but we work hard on trying not to. And you lose less and less because you're becoming a better place to work. And that's the game. And then it's an ongoing, never ending battle. You know, the, the thing I always think about when we have this conversation is Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, he had a famous quote. He'd always say, "Is how do you know uh, if someone needs to be encouraged?" And he would say, "If they're breathing." Now, if you look at Chick Fil A and what they've done with a bunch of high school kids, first of all, now they get the most talented high school kids in every community a Chick Fil A's in. They care about them. They invest in them. These are hourly, you know, low wage positions. And they create a great product, a great service, a great experience And, and they don't do that by competing off the 50 cent raises, they don't do that by competing on what most companies do, right? They spend the extra time investing in those kids, providing scholarships, training them up, developing them, encouraging them. I don't care what position you are and what organization, you want to be respected. You want to be valued. You want to be encouraged. And those are the things that keep someone for going to a 25-cent raise. And so those are the pieces. And, you know, we were talking kind of before we jumped on this call. And, you know, a lot of organizations spend all of their time and all of their efforts on the salaried positions. And we got to make sure we get the right person and all that. Yes, true. Spend your time on those folks as well. But you can't do it any differently with your – you know, hourly waged employees. If you are doing that, you're missing the boat. You're already valuing them less. You're already exposing yourself to one bad apple getting in and you not becoming a better place to work, but you becoming a less desirable place to work, right? One bad hire. And so we spend more time because it feels like a a greater investment uh, to put out this salary for someone who's going to sit in the office and count beans or whatever they're going to do. What we're missing is all of the cost of the turnover and the cost to becoming the best place to work when we're getting the wrong person in and like you said once again five to one that's the majority of your workforce and so one bad person is really taking out a big group spoiling a big bunch of apples right and so you're not taking in the cost of becoming a a less desirable place to work and the turnover and all of those other pieces that, you know, I know you have a great employee referral program, right? Well, guess what? If you are helping them by being a better place to work, that makes it easier. However, if, they're, if you're not spending the time and in investing in the, in the hourly folks and getting the right people in the door and caring about them and developing them and showing interest and respecting them and valuing them, if you're not doing all those pieces, what's going to happen? Your employees are not going to refer their buddies. They're not even going to enjoy what they're doing, there, right? And so, Uh, you're really crippling your employer referral referral program, which is one of your best assets. Once again, in this market where it is difficult to find talent, your best assets to finding those folks is once again, becoming a best place to work. And then your people will tell the world that and invite their friends and their other uh, talented folks will start coming to you and they will leave for a 25 cent decrease in pay potentially, right? They want to work at the best place to work and they want to be valued. They want to be respected. That's every human being on the planet.
0: Yep. I agree, man. I got, I got two, two comments to you for you. Number one, we had a, we had a quality technician that decided to go somewhere else and got a pay. And, and I think that, and if I'm, if this is not accurate, I know that we can qualify this, but I'll use this just as, as an example. But I think that they left, to improve the quality of their life and got a pretty good raise. And you know what? They weren't a notice. They they worked it out really good. So they left and, and hey, I I don't want anyone to leave our business. It's not going to improve their quality of life for themselves and their family. So we wish them well if we can't, you know, come to terms on whatever they need. That team member, not long after they left, wanted to come back. And they ended up coming back, and they came back for the same pay they were making before, Chris. So I think you talk about – what you're talking about that – we got a real-life example that happened this year. You know, so I think that's a big deal. I want to I hitchhike on Chick-fil-A just for a moment. And, you know, you heard me earlier say that um, our culture, what we permit, we promote. You know, one thing that's important to Chick-fil-A, they don't work on Sundays. And, you know what, that's been part of the Chick-fil-A, uh, that's one of their core values and has been for as long as they've been in business to my knowledge. You agree with that? I think that's correct. Absolutely. Yep. So, you know what I think is awesome is that, the new Mercedes-Benz uh, dome in Atlanta, that's awesome that they opened up the Chick-fil-A kickoff that will, will host a national championship game in January, and we hope my Clemson Tigers are back there again, so we'll see. You know, we're undefeated so far, so we hope it keeps going that way. But that is the home of the Atlanta Falcons. And Atlanta Falcons, their home games are on Sunday. Guess what? The Chick-fil-A that's inside that dome is not open on Sundays. So I think that that speaks volumes to Chick-fil-A and what they're about.
1: You know, it's so true, right? People also respect commitment to your values, right? In a world where it's difficult to stand up for anything nowadays in our media and our society, people respect when folks stand for what they believe. And you may not hear that story in media. You may not hear that on the news, but it's true, right? Chick-fil-A, I mean... The pressure to open that Chick-fil-A in the Mercedes-Benz Dome uh, Stadium uh, on Sundays, you know, that's the majority of their business. As Falcons fans coming in for games, uh, they stayed true. It only gains respect uh, from A, the marketplace and, once again, the team members again. Uh, they love when you stand for something, and Chick-fil-A lives it out every day, and uh, that's why they get the best people.
0: Yep, absolutely. I could not agree with you more. So, um, so Chris, what, um, what do you think about, um, again, so, you know, I'll go back to the question, you know, how can small business meet the hourly need? We talked about, um, you know, like employee referrals. Is there anything
1: else uh, that you'd like to unpack during that question or we we can move on if not? Well, you know, so we're talking about behavior assessments and there's a bunch of different ones, right? They measure, Uh, how you think, how you communicate, how you act, what you do, the way you like to operate, right? There's a lot of different assessments, what you value. Um, For me, we are talking about a very difficult uh, competitive market for hourly waged workers, right? And so it is easier to pay them more if they are producing the value that justifies it, right? And so I I do really like any kind of assessments that puts them in a skill set that they're going to thrive in. So if there's any kind of assessments, that's why I like the Colby index. Once again, that uh, measures how you do things, how you operate. If you can put folks in the right seat to be successful, guess what? You're putting them on a track where you can also continue to increase their wages. People want to go up and to the right. In life in general, I don't care once again what position you are in the organization, You want to go up and to the right. You want your wealth to increase. You want your pay to increase. The reality in business is you've got to increase your value to justify that. And so I want to make sure I'm hiring folks and putting them in the right seat where they have a track to grow, where their skill set can develop uh, and produce more value. And so that comes with a lot of thought, to be honest with you. Is this person going to... Uh, the way they operate, will that be a a strength we can develop and they can continue to produce more value? If they produce more value, we can obviously continue to increase their pay. Compensation is a big way in how people feel valued, right? Earlier stuff we talked about, that's just trying to take care of their needs at home, where they leave for a quarter a dollar raise or the employee that left you guys, right? They're trying to take care of their family. Nothing wrong with that, that is important. But also, when we've talked about earlier, people just want to be respected and valued. One of the greatest ways to show them they're valued is by increasing their pay, right? And so I want to try to make sure I'm putting them on a track where they can go up and to the right with the value they produce, and we can show them that increase in value with compensation.
0: You know, I think too, um, and I learned this at Entree Leadership some a couple years ago, and I, I, st- I do this, I try to do this at least once a month. But I will send out, if I hear of a team member that's doing a great job hourly or uh, salary, I will send them, or I, if I know that they're married, I'll send their spouse a thank you note. And man, the things that you, and I've talked about this in our podcast here before, but the things that you can get out of you talk about putting some money in the emotional bank account. That really does, and I'll send them a little gift card or something to go with it. And I, and Chris Hogan, I learned that from one of the sessions that he did. But I think that, you know, for a spouse to know somebody's doing – that their, their husband or wife is doing a great job at work, that goes a long way. So I think that compensation is a part of it. And one thing that when you're sitting here talking that I'm thinking about is that we need to develop a plan. So a plan of, you know, a, a plan of upward movement to the right, to your point, to where that it's not going to happen in a month or two months or maybe even six months, but it may it could be a three-year plan or two-year plan. And I think that our, and, you know, for our skilled positions, we have local technical colleges in South Carolina that, um, that do a pretty good job of preparing people to come into to work in the industry, but they put false negatives in their mind that they're going to make top pay. So let's just say we've got a welder and their top pay may be, 20 or 22 or $25 an hour, whatever the number may be. And if we do that, they think they're going to come out of Tetron College and make that. No, you're not. You got to put the sweat equity in. You've got to be willing to, you know what? Be here on time, be here every day. Uh, that's half the battle. If we can get people to be here on time, be here every day, that's half the battle. And then if you pour yourself into our operation, pour yourself into our culture, um, a side note, competition is fun. So if you've got two welders that are welding the same job, you know, having fun competition to see who can produce the most in a day, that's fun. That's healthy, you know, or if you're running a machine tool to do that. So I think those kind of things, you put some of that thing into your culture and we're working on that now for us. I think that you will become the best place to work. Those are the things that are, you know, some of that's measured in productivity, but some of that is
1: just when you refer people. So I'm going on. on your thoughts. No, that's, that's spot on. You know, we talked about conversation being a way to value, but like the notes that you send home to spouses, uh, another great assessment, if you will, uh, is the five love languages. There's one for the workplace. I mean, I don't remember what that one is called, but basically everyone gives appreciation and love and receives it in different ways. Right. So some people, uh, want gifts. Uh, some people want words of affirmation, which is what those notes were that you sent some like acts of service. There's a lot of ways to once again, value these folks, which I think is really important because I, I know the dollars are, are tight when you're talking about hourly, uh, positions. And so other ways that you can show love, appreciation, value, uh, that, that they receive well, uh, is huge, right? When you can give those words of affirmation, you're giving them the lift. You're valuing them. they respect. You're respecting them. What are they going to do in return? They're going to continue to hustle, and they're going to tell folks this is the best place to work, and they're going to invite more folks in. So another great way, once again, instead of just throwing dollars at folks, once again, that's probably a strong way to value always, uh, even if folks don't say that. That I think that conversation is how we keep score in life, really, in our country at least. Um, these other ways of, you know, little gifts. Hey. Uh, you know, you may have one day, all the folks may be working on the floor and you may bring in, uh, a car detailer and while they're on the floor, you may have all their cars detailed or something like that. Acts of service. Uh, you're really giving them the gift of time, right? That they don't have to wash their car after the fact. So there's a lot of little ways to appreciate and value. Um, and so any assessment that helps you identify what they appreciate and the way they value, um, being treated or respected uh, is super helpful.
0: Oh, that's really good. And hey, I'm sitting here taking notes as you're talking. Um, one thing too, you may could have a fun contest or something, and maybe you could reward an extra vacation day or something like that. I
1: mean, this, it's endless, the things that you can do, That's That's exactly right. And, and don't get, don't make everything a competition. You and I love competition, but mix it up, right? Do different things. Sometimes it's just, Hey, this is just because you guys have been killing it. We're doing this. This is a competition to drive. Hey, we're behind, maybe on some numbers. Let's do a competition to, to get that extra 10%, uh, you know, but don't live in that space. Right. So mix it up uh, and make sure you are, because if it's constantly in competition, they start to feel like a cog in the wheel. Right. And so, and feel less, valued or respected. And so um, you got to make sure you don't live in any one of these spaces. You want to bounce around and continue to keep them guessing on how you're going to value and appreciate them. Yeah. And I want our listeners to lean in for just
0: a moment. What Chris just said to me is the absolute truth. I am a competitive guy. I would love to compete on everything I do. But guess what? He talks about the five love, love languages for work. Everyone doesn't operate in that sphere. So you know what? We need to know our people. So you said this last month. We gotta know ourselves to lead ourselves, and we gotta know our team to lead our team. So I man, I think that is just absolutely so so great and so awesome. So um, Chris, my next question, and we may have already unpacked this, and if we have, we'll move on, but um, you know, how can behavioral assessments be used when specifically hiring hourly people, those that have that tend to have a higher turnover rate and you know, most behavioral assessments are pretty expensive. And are there, are there any low cost ones out there? Again, what I learned today is that we need to do some type of, of an assessment for all potential team members to find out
1: what seat in the bus do they need to sit in? You know, it's a great question. There's a ton out there and a lot of them are not cheap. Uh, that, so it's an increase in investment. Uh, the, the ones that really stand out to me uh, is I want to, any kind of assessment that once again helps me know how they operate, how they like to do things important in this position to put them in a role where they can thrive, right? So they can be successful. Any other assessment? Uh, I want to know how they communicate um, because I want to, as a leader, when you know yourself, you know how you communicate. Well, Unfortunately, as a leader, you don't get to communicate how you want to communicate. You need to communicate how they receive it Mm. to be effective, right? And so I want to know how they communicate, how they receive information, so I can cater my approach. Um, And so that's something uh, you can do that. The DISC assessment um, is pretty uh, inexpensive. You can use. And so the pieces uh, that helps me lead them better, so communication is – 90% of everything, right? And so I want to make sure I'm communicating effectively to the way they need to receive information. So assessments around communication styles. um, And then once again, going back to the love languages things, what makes them feel valued as a leader? That's important to me as I'm trying to develop a team and become the best place to work. Those are the things that matter. I want to communicate the way they want to receive information. I want to know how they like to feel valued and I want to put them in a position that's going to create value for the organization and set them up to be financially successful. If you can kind of knock down those pieces, you're on the right track.
0: I agree. I want to, um, hitchhike on when you talk about communication. In my opinion, there's no such thing as over communication. I mean, you know what? And I think that, um, and if we don't communicate, uh, you know what happens? Negativity fills that lack of communication. So I think that as as leaders or if you're leading in some way, shape, or form within your organization, you know, there's no such thing as urban communication. A lot of people say, you know, I have a stupid question to ask. The only stupid question is the one that you don't ask. You know, because sometimes we take for granted people know something and they really don't. So get as simple as you need to. And you know what? Um, we, we talked about um, – then we talked about culture on the front end a little bit, and like people leaving for a quarter. You know, it, it's important to me that I meet every new team member. We had we have three new team members that started today. Matter of fact, Chris, give you an update. Uh, and people heard on our last podcast, Chris and I we, we ate um, we broke bread together at a meal few, uh, a month or two ago at a great a great restaurant here in town. And there was a young man that um, you know I was talking to, and I was recruiting when you and I were eating guess what, Chris, he started work here this
1: morning. He's one of those three people. That's amazing. The best uh, server I think I've had in a long time and uh, obviously talented. And I love that you got him. And I love that he started with you, man. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, that's great. So I look for, and hey, so I'm going to spend some time with him today to talk about, man, and and I do this with all of our team. The ceiling here for you is very high. You got to put the sweat equity in. You got to work. You got to do the things that we talked about. But again, we want that we want them to be on that right path trajectory, so they can increase their pay. The more
1: valuable they are to the company, to the business, the more they're going to be compensated. So the more you, you know, learn, the better off you're going to be. Tim, here's a great example. It's a, it's a perfect example. You brought this guy in. I'm willing to bet financially, it's it's no different from what he was making moving over to you. So what was the difference? He felt respected and valued by you, right? You recognized his skill set. You recognized his level of service and you appreciated it, we all want to be appreciated. And so the fact that you did that, he's not even moving for a financial reason. He's moving because you appreciated what he brought to the table. Now he's going to go to war with you. It's awesome.
0: That's great. And now what I've got to continue to do is stay connected to him. And I've got to make sure that his supervisor, his manager stays connected. Because again, we've got to, we got to empty our cup of influence into other people so that they can influence. Cause I can't, I can't touch 150 people every day, but you know what? I know his name and I know a little bit about his family. And you know what? When I walk by, I want to know every one of our team's name because you know what, we're not too big of an organization to not know that. So it takes time, but
1: it's, We gotta be intentional. You know, uh, one last thing I want to hit on that because I think it's so important is you have to develop his leader, right? Your leaders are going to be uh, your voice to the organization as a small business grows and scales the next level of leadership is key. And so they need to understand these different behavioral assessments. They need to know how to appreciate and value their folks. Not you, honestly, right? Like you are, you're just trying to get names and get to know them and, and appreciate them and shake their hands. But your leaders, they need to understand how to communicate effectively to them, how they feel valued, make sure they're setting them up for success up and to the right. All this conversation we had today, it really needs to be with your leaders, right? It's not really as much you you got to train them on that, but they're the key to this whole thing, right? Or this guy who you just brought on gets lost in the mix and doesn't feel valued anymore. And what does he go to the next person that shows him value for the same amount of dollars? He's going to go off to that. And so that's how you keep them. That's how you become the best place. Your leaders have to value and respect and encourage their people and set them up for success. Yeah, man, an
0: absolute home run ending uh, to that. Uh, I want you to speak in just for a moment. To, you know, this is for small business, but let's say that there's an organization that there's 10 people in their company and they're sitting there and they're just loving what we're talking about. They're drinking the information with a, with a fire hose. But now when they get down and listen to this podcast, they take some good notes. Okay, what what's one thing they can do to help to implement some of this stuff? Because some of this stuff can be overwhelming. I mean, honestly, some of the stuff I listen to, and you know, I'm a leadership junkie, I try to read books and listen to podcasts and all that. Some of it's overwhelming, so speak in just for a moment into that group if you can, Chris.
1: Yeah, simplify it like you said. For me, once again, I go back to what makes us a better place to work. That is my filter. I use it every single time. I'm gonna go to that. So coming off this conversation, I'm gonna be like, how do I encourage my team better? How do I get to know them better? How do I lead them better? How do I appreciate them more? For me, it'd probably be something as simple as, man, writing notes to spouses, letting them know how well their spouse is doing within our organization. Huge, easy takeaway. But put something on your calendar to do to become a better place to work because it's those little inputs over time that make you the best place to work. And guess what? That's where it gets really fun. The talent starts coming to you. You're filtering out the best uh, and keeping those guys, uh, those, those men and women, and you're developing an organization that just can't be defeated when you get the best people that care about each other. And so, just take a step forward on something that makes you a better place to work.
0: Man, what a great way to end it! And hey, one of my takeaways today is I'm going to talk to our HR team. Is that we need to start doing behavioral assessments for our hourly team? That's my takeaway right now. You know, and you know what? If we knew the cost of what it, of, a, of a bad hire and a rehire, trust me, that is a Probably a single-digit cost compared to what it costs to to go through that. So that's my takeaway. So when uh, we finish up here, I'm gonna head down to HR. We're gonna talk about that. So
1: I think that's great. Well, the cost the cost of it is one thing, right? And it's hard to it, that's honestly it's hard to put a dollar amount a cost to a bad hire or any of these things. And so once again, that's why I go back to the filter: is this making us a better place to work or not? Right? That's easy to know. Am I sliding up into the right? Or am I sliding back? Am I making a sacrifice to bring this person in? Not quite the cultural fit. I'm not quite sure. I'm rushing this piece. And so when you're talking about, you know, five times your workforce being on the the floor, hourly wages, it's worth the investment to make sure we're going closer to becoming a better place to work versus the opposite. It's hard to put a price on it. Just think, which direction am I going with this decision?
0: Yeah, that's great. So, hey, Chris, my last question, and you may have already answered it. You have to me, but I'll ask you anyway. If you could leave us with one important
1: piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, man, that's so good. Um, I I want everyone to do less better. That's my theme this year. I want you guys to simplify. Uh, The more business owners I talk to, the more this world works and it's just we run and gun 100 miles an hour and we don't do anything to the level we could complete it. And so in a market that craves deeper work, we do less and less of it. And so I just am a big advocate of doing less, but doing it better, taking it all the way across the finish line. You do that quarter after quarter, year after year, you leave everyone else in the dust. And so specialize in what you do uh do it really really well let other stuff fall to the wayside or find other folks to delegate it to or outsource it or whatever but do less better
0: that's really good man so well hey thank you for uh taking the time to be on our podcast i know i'm i'm blessed for it and i'm sure that our listeners are as well so um and hey look forward to catch up with you soon chris but i do want to um again, thank our listeners for tuning in today. Make sure you turn in next month when we have another podcast. Hey, thanks for listening and God bless.